I wanted to be a good Christian example, a Christian witness, someone that youngsters could look up to and say, you know, I, I see Christ in him. Welcome everybody to Conversations That Matter for The New American Magazine. I'm your host, Alex Newman, Senior Editor at The New American Magazine. We have a very special guest today, uh, an insider, a man who came from inside the system here to spill the beans on all the things happening to your children, if you still have them in a government indoctrination center masquerading as a school. Uh, his name is John Stamper. He was a teacher. He spent, uh, I think, 13 years teaching in the government school system. He was a coach. Uh, he's also a homeschool instructor, a Christian author. He's got a podcast, and he's got a new book out called uh, Conflicted, Pulling Back the Curtain on Public Education. Uh, if you're a regular viewer, regular listener, you know I've been working on doing that for a long time. But uh, of course, uh, it's great to have insight from somebody who was inside the system uh, exposing that. Now, uh, John uh, graduated from uh, homeschool. He's got a bachelor's degree in elementary education and special education and PE. He's got a master's degree in leadership and sports management. Uh, again, he spent 13 years in a public school as a teacher and uh, as a coach. Um, and uh, his new book aims to kind of expose what is going on in there. Some of the mandatory trainings he was telling me about are just absolutely unfathomable. Uh, John, welcome to the program. Thank you for joining us. And so uh, as you were telling me, as I saw in some of what you sent over, it was getting progressively more extreme. Your last year was 2020-2021. Uh, tell us kind of what you saw that disturbed you enough to need to leave the system and then blow the whistle. Sure. Thank you. And thank you so much for having me and for your time. Um, so in the fall of 2020, that was my first year teaching for Chicago Public Schools. My wife and I had moved a little further north of the city, and I can no longer teach in Indiana, so I, I found a job in Chicago. Um, so that was, right, that was the first school year with COVID. If you remember, spring of 2020, schools closed down, and then some started to reopen in the fall, but most were virtual or remote, and that was the case for Chicago Public Schools. So for the first time ever, we were all starting a new school year totally remote. I had never met any of my students. I met like three or four of my coworkers. So totally new uh, environment. Uh, that fall, the teachers had to complete mandatory training, which is nothing new. That's happened every year. I was a teacher and working professionals around the country do the same thing. You know, how to um, avoid accidents on the job, things like that. Uh, and you would think that with the scenario everyone was in virtual learning, having never done that before, you would have thought that we would have been given, you know, helpful strategies for how to teach remote, how to manage a virtual classroom. Instead, we were presented with all the teachers in Chicago were presented with um, intersecting identities, uh, which is kind of an offshoot of, you know, critical race theory, um, pronouns, preferred pronouns, gender theory, things like that. So uh, for example, um, we were presented with a little graphic for kindergartners for the kindergarten classrooms and it it was the gender unicorn it looked like barney right the cute little character and they describe it as the cutest character you know your kids are going to love this bring this into the classrooms and uh, it, it talks about how five six-year-old students can be a boy they can be a girl or they can be some other gender quote unquote they can be emotionally attracted to a boy a girl or some other gender and there was no permission slip that went home for you know, students to participate in this, this was just being done, you know, without parent notification or consent. Um, you know, we were taught to always use preferred pronouns to always affirm the students, aka lie to them. 
Uh, and we were also encouraged to keep these things from parents. We were presented with an actual student in the system, an eighth grade student who was out as trans in school, but not out at home. And this was a secret that the school was keeping for the student from the parent. So uh, I had all these conflicts as you know a Christian. And uh, so this was kind of the, the dividing line for me. That's horrific. Um, you actually sent over uh, an image of one of the trainings that you were subjected to. Uh, and, and we've exposed that quite a bit in the New American Magazine, where, where they're telling people, teachers, even children, that either you're an oppressor or you're oppressed. You've got these intersecting identities. Um, and of course, this is straight out of the Marxist playbook. I mean, this is very much along the lines of what Chairman Mao did before he started slaughtering millions and millions of people in China. But uh, what were they training you guys, uh, the teachers? Uh, you know, Talk a little bit about this this training, what was the purpose of it? How was that supposed to translate into the classroom? And uh, and why were you alarmed about it? Well, this was just as to why they were doing it. These were just policies and practices that they wanted teachers to implement in the classroom. We were given our instructions and we were to bring them into the classroom with our students. That's the only reason that we have the training. Uh, so we were kind of being compelled to do this. Um, and again, like I said, these trainings were, are just normal. We're, we're expected to do two or three trainings a year. So this was just common in terms of sitting down and being trained, but I had never experienced this material before in my school systems. Um, I kind of knew that some of this stuff was out there, but I always thought, you know, this will never happen in my school sort of thing, but it did. And I was kind of shocked when it happened. Um, and you touched on the intersecting identities, which is under the umbrella of intersectionality. Kimberly Crenshaw kind of co coined that phrase. And you actually wrote an article in your magazine, I think last week about uh, Tennessee school district kind of implementing a very similar teacher training. I read it and I was like, this is exactly what I went through. Um, but the intersecting identities graphic, which all the teachers were presented with. And again, this is not presented as theory. This is just presented as truth. This is what we are to understand and act accordingly. So the graphic presents privileged identities and marginalized identities. It's kind of two, two circles. Uh, some of the privileged identities are Christians, you're privileged. If you're a man, white, you speak English, you're able-bodied, you own a home, you're heterosexual, those are all privileged identities. And uh, along with the privileged identities are tactics of abuse. You know, you're emotionally abusive, you're uh, economically abusive, you're intimidating, you're, you're threatening. And these are just based on the things that I just said, skin color, my faith, right? My sex. So I hadn't done anything to anybody, but just because of these characteristics, I'm privileged. And not only that, I'm abusive toward my fellow uh, colleagues and my students. So what this does is it pits students as enemies. How can they not become enemies? It pits coworkers as enemies. How can they not? You know, one is looked at as the oppressor, the abuser, and the other is the victim. And this is what's being funneled down from the top down and I'm supposed to bring this into my classroom. I'm supposed to, you know, heap this uh, mindset on my students. Absolutely not. So, um, you know, that's just the conflict. That that's the conflict I was faced with. And I think as we've been seeing over the last few years, this is spreading around the country. And uh, I go into chapter eight in my book, kind of a little bit of the historical significance of you know where we've seen these tactics before, where we've we've seen these ideologies implemented, and you know what happened as a result. Yeah, it's uh, it's just so tragic, and and that 
that training. I mean, I, I saw the graphic. We, we showed it on the screen. I mean, they're, they're saying that uh, privilege are using emotional abuse and that you're marginalizing people. I mean, why wouldn't you hate somebody who is emotionally abusing you and marginalizing you? Uh, it's truly extraordinary. When we get back from the break, I want to dig into uh, kind of what reaction you encountered when you tried to uh, sound the alarm about these things and also uh, what parents can do in the and teachers in, in the face of this onslaught. So folks, stay with us. We're going to be right back after these quick messages. As a lumberjack, my job is pretty straightforward. I see the wood, I chop the wood. We even hear crazy ideas on how kids should learn. Visit thenewamerican.com. For real news, you can trust. John, um, you know, this stuff is increasingly common. It's it's not just in Chicago. It's not just in Illinois. It's it's increasingly everywhere. But, um, you know, and, and I've got a lot of friends who are still teachers in public schools. I've got others who have decided mm -hmm. to leave. But what, what kind of response did you get? I mean, I, I assume you raised some concerns about this with the administration, with the, your, your supervisors, uh, with the principal. I don't know. Uh, what, what did they say when you uh, expressed discomfort with this stuff? Sure. So these mandatory trainings are something that the school district or the school board uh, puts in place. And it kind of comes from from them down to the schools and then to the teachers. So ultimately, the buck stops with the school board. And interesting to note, the school board in Chicago is 100% appointed. They do not have elected school board members. They're all appointed by the mayor. Um, fun fact. But so what I did, if you remember going back, this is COVID. So we're not even in the building, right? We're still remote. So there are not in-person school board meetings. So what I did was uh, I filed a formal complaint through the Chicago public school systems website. They have, you know, avenues you go, if you have a formal complaint or whatever. So I filed a formal complaint um, and I, everything I sent to them, I put in my book, but citing a lot of the things you and I just talked about, you know, the intersecting identities and it's prejudice, it's biased, uh, you know, the preferred pronouns and, you know, the sexualization of children and this and that. So I cited all these things and wrote a big letter um, and filed that complaint with the school board. And they did respond to me. They emailed me back and said, we are choosing not to investigate this. That's it. Of course, they would be investigating themselves. Yeah, so, right. um, so that was that. At which point, you know, I, I mean, I prayed about it. So, hey, I was, I didn't know what to do. This is the first time I had ever experienced this. Um, I had not really, I had not known anyone who had experienced this as a teacher. So, I didn't know what to do. Right? I was conflicted personally within my own heart on, you know, which direction God would have me to go. Should I stay and fight, you know, like David versus Goliath, something like that? Or should I flee like Lot before the city was destroyed? So I wrestled back and forth and prayed and my wife and I prayed. And ultimately, um, after I filed this complaint, decided that it was time to move on kind of before the city was destroyed, uh, so to speak. Um, and since then, I've just been working with Masterbooks creating homeschool curriculum, wrote this book, et cetera. Um, but it was a very difficult decision for me as a teacher. This was my life. This was my career. I went to school for this. I got my master's. I was planning on being a teacher and coach forever until I retired. So this rocked my world. I had to pivot and basically find a new career. Um, so not an easy thing to encounter, not an easy decision for any teachers out there or parents. So like you mentioned, I have family members and friends who are still teachers working in the school district. So uh, my heart goes out to them because they're in a tight spot. Um, as far as solutions and things that if you have to be in the public school system for whatever reason, of course, I would encourage you to explore homeschooling. Um, I think that's the ideal situation. But if you have to be in the public schools, uh, I can, I, and I write about this in my book again, but there are some things that you can do to at least be 
active to at least see what's coming. You can't necessarily stop what's coming all the time, but you can at least see what's coming. Uh, first and foremost, talking to your kids daily, right? Talking to your teachers, principals, attending school board meetings, talking. Um, but two really huge things that you need to pay attention to are the teacher trainings. As of right now, I've never heard of any parent who has access to the teacher trainings, what teachers are required to complete. I've never heard of any parents having access to that. I think they should, because then they'll know what the teachers know. They'll know what's being snuck into the classroom, you know, behind the curtain. Second are the special weeks that schools complete all year, every year. These are the things that students get the most excited about, like Pride Week or Pride Month in some schools, because they get to get out of social studies. They get to go to the gym and have an assembly. They get to, you know, make wristbands and, and carry a flag around school and do marches in this and that. Kids love that stuff. It gets hyped up and they are excited about it. But uh, again, rarely do permission slips go home to parents about this stuff or notifications. This just happens at school, right? I had kindergartners, first, second graders bringing me LGBTQ wristbands and pictures in school. And I don't think their parents knew about this stuff. They were signing up to be LGBTQ allies in the hallway. There's no permission slip going on. So this stuff is just being rammed down uh, students' throats. And most of the time, parents have no idea what's happening. So uh, teacher trainings and those special events, special speakers. John, I, I'm curious why, I mean, you came out of the homeschool world. Uh, in fact, uh, you, you yeah. talk a little bit in your book, you, your parents took a pretty bold stand on this. In fact, they were on TV against uh, one right. of the big atheists of the day, uh, Madeline Murray O'Hare, uh, infamous, <laughs> right? Um, mm -hmm. and, and yet you chose to go into the public school system. You, you got your education at college uh, in education. I, I, I mean, did you not see the warning signs? Were you hoping to go in there and make a positive? Why did you decide to go into the government school system coming out of that background and knowing what I assume you already knew. Right. So I think the easy answer is to say, I wanted to be a good Christian example, Christian witness, someone that youngsters could look up to and say, you know, I, I see Christ in him. Right. Or I, I just wanted to model Christian values, Christian behavior. So that was my ultimate goal. And, you know, I, I hope that I was successful in some, in some way. Um, but again, going back to the early two thousands, you know, I, I think for the most part, I was just ignorant on, um, you know, the history of, you know, government uh, impact in the schools and how indoctrination comes into the schools. I really just, I really didn't know. And uh, it wasn't until it was in my face and, you know, I was being compelled to implement these things. It wasn't until then that I, I really woke up and, um, you know, had to make a hard decision to leave my career. So, uh, you know, yeah, so my story is unique and, you know, everyone out there has a different story and God will want to use you in a, a specific way. So not at all. Am I saying you got to do exactly what I did? Absolutely not. So um, I would just encourage every individual seek the Lord. You know, that's always a good time to seek the Lord and it's always a good time to be in closer fellowship with him. So uh, of course I encourage everyone seek the Lord for, uh, for guidance on, you know, your direction. Yeah. And, and I want to kind of just close with this, John. I mean, you start your book off with, you know, it's time to leave public schools, right? Section one, chapter one, as you go through yeah. to the Bible's role in uh, legitimate education, and then you end with the benefits of homeschooling. You know, wh what's your advice uh, to parents out there who are concerned about this, to teachers who are in the system and are concerned about this? And, um, you know, wh where do people go? I think a lot of parents are still on the fence yeah. about this, but what's your advice yeah. to them? So for parents, mostly, I would say parents matter now more than ever. So when I made my decision to leave Chicago Public Schools, 
I really was reminded of what my parents did back in the early 90s on why they decided to homeschool my siblings and me, pulled them out of the public schools. Um, and it was a very difficult decision for them. They were stay-at-home parents, an iron worker, and a, a housewife. They felt incapable of homeschooling four children. So um, what my parents did made a lasting impact on me over 30 years later. So parents, you matter. And why you do what you do will matter to your children. Amen. And uh, what's the best way for, for people to get the book? It's published by Master Books, which, uh, you know, Israel Wayne has uh, endorsed this very strongly. Uh, Israel Wayne says this, uh, John Stamper is an educational insider, public school teacher. John saw firsthand the harmful effects of critical race theory, critical gender theory, cultural Marxism. Um, he says about the book, Conflicted offers a strategy that could truly change American education in many ways. Uh, have not even been considered. If you're tired of accepting the status quo, please read this paradigm-shifting book. Uh, Israel, I'm a huge fan of Israel Wayne. In fact, we included him in a special report we did for the New American Magazine uh, back in 2019, exposing what was going on in the schools. But how can people get a copy of this book, John? And uh, what's the best way, as far as you're concerned, right? You could probably get it on Amazon, but is there a better way? Yeah, you can definitely get it on Amazon. I recommend through Masterbooks, masterbooks.com backslash conflicted. Um, both of those will work just fine. Um, you can also find my homeschool courses if you're a homeschool family and you're interested uh, on the Masterbooks Academy. That's their online uh, portion. And I also host a podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts called The State of State Schools, just a weekly recap of you know what's going on around the country. Well, thank you so much for joining us, John. Thank you for speaking out and for your courage. Uh, really exciting to have uh, more and more insiders coming out and blowing the whistle on what is happening to our precious children. Really appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Keep up the good work. Thank you, sir. All right, folks, that was John Stamper. Check out the book. It's called Conflicted. Thanks again for watching. I'm Alex Newman. This is Conversations That Matter. Until next time, God bless you all.